You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the October 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the bootcamp news that we read about at Course Report this October. This month was chock full of fascinating stories, um, and we are going to summarize the most important ones. So what are we looking at this month, ladies? So our top news looks at growing pains in bootcamp outcomes and some interesting mergers and acquisitions. We look at the state of the bootcamp industry and notice a trend in bootcamp shifting towards corporate or B2B training. Then we'll look at companies trending towards training instead of hiring senior talent, and we'll hear about some really strong student success stories. We'll also take a look at how bootcamps are making an impact in smaller cities by rooting training and hiring in local talent. It's always great to see more initiatives to increase diversity in tech, so we'll talk about some great new scholarships. And as always, we're going to share the newest coding boot camps and campuses opening up around the world, and we will chat about our favorite pieces on the Course Report blog. Well, before we hop into these news stories, October was particularly big at Course Report because we finally released our list of the best coding boot camps of 2017. This is something that our readers have been asking for forever, but we have held off on releasing it until we felt like our team could deliver an honest, really data-driven list, um, and it's finally here. So we chose the top 49 in-person, full-time schools around the world plus a few rising stars. So check it out. Awesome. So first, Liz, give us the rundown on this Flatiron School settlement. Sure. Okay, so here are the facts. Earlier this month, the Attorney General of New York announced a $375,000 settlement with Flatiron School. And according to the Attorney General's investigation, this was because Flatiron operated without a license and because they didn't, and I'm going to put this in quotes, clearly and conspicuously, end quote, advertise employment information. So one thing to point out here is that the Attorney General's office didn't say that the Flatiron School's outcomes reports were wrong. Um, In fact, They said that they should continue using them, but rather they said that they didn't clearly disclose the full calculations when they promoted that average salary and job placement rate. So you can read the full outcomes report on their website, but they said it wasn't like clearly linked there. Okay, so Liz, what do you think this means for Flatiron itself and boot camps in general? Yeah, okay, so certainly like I don't think that this was meant to bring Flatiron School down like some other regulations um, have been obviously meant to do. But I do think that this is reflective of kind of the evolution of student outcomes in boot camps. And it's kind of reflective of where we're at right now. Right. So truth in advertising is real. Students totally deserve it. Um, At the start of this industry, we saw a ton of these, you know, 100% placement rates advertised on websites. They weren't backed up by anything in particular that kind of evolved into these individual outcomes reports. Um, And the upside to those is that students could see some detailed data about a school's outcomes. But the downside is that there are tons of differences between schools' outcomes reports, and people don't agree on how outcomes should be reported. So it makes it difficult on the student. It gets really confusing. 
One thing to point out is that, you know, traditional universities do not even track these metrics, these like outcomes metrics. So I personally think that it is, you know, what boot camps are doing is a step up from that approach. But this is just one place where like boot camps are going to continue to grow and evolve. And like, honestly, I think schools are going to have to come together. Uh, CIRR, the Council for Integrity and Results Reporting, is one attempt at that. And there are others. But, you know, I expect that this settlement may be used as like a data point for naysayers, anti-boot campers. But uh, I would encourage people to dig deeper because it really wasn't the uh, kind of huge news that it may appear to be. Great overview, Liz. Yeah, really good. And then just days later, Flatiron had much more exciting news. So Lauren, can you give us an overview of that? Yeah, sure. So WeWork, which is a startup that operates office spaces around the world, announced that they've actually acquired Flatiron School. We've been seeing really huge moves coming from WeWork. They're valued at $20 billion. And obviously, a lot of publications covered this news, like Inc., Fast Company, CNN, TechCrunch, and more. The Next Web does a little analysis on reasons why this partnership makes so much sense. And for example, Flatiron School can now upskill WeWork members and use the close connection to startup companies as a place to recruit students for new job positions. So it's a really cool partnership that they've launched. Yeah, I think because Flatiron has grown their online boot camp um, so widely, they'll now be able to like push that curriculum into campuses across the world. That'll be really cool. Lauren, did they disclose how much WeWork paid in the acquisition? No, they didn't. But Adam Newman, the WeWork CEO, told Fast Company that, quote, in Flatiron, we have found a partner who shares our vision of connecting people through space, design, technology, and community, and understands that those connections are what humanizes the way we work and live. We are all students for life. Yeah, I think this acquisition actually makes a lot of sense. But I'm interested in whether there has been like negative response at all to the acquisition. Yes, of course, there's always going to be negative responses to certain things. So e-learning inside talks about how coding boot camps don't seem to be the smartest investment at the moment, especially since, you know, Dev Bootcamp and then the Iron Yard are both closing this year. There's also some skepticism as to whether coding boot camps like Flatiron can actually maintain the quality of their offerings as they scale to more locations with this new WeWork acquisition. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a mistake to conflate Flatiron School as Dev Bootcamp and and the Iron Yard. Um, Yeah. But we will continue to keep an eye on that um, on that partnership. And I'm sure I mean, there will obviously be tons more news about this next month. So can't wait to report on it. Awesome. So I think there have been a number of fundraisers this month as well. Liz, can you tell me about those? Sure. So the New York Times reported that um, African coding trading program Andela has raised $40 million in a Series C funding. And then Galvanized raised $7 million of a $12 million target from investors. Uh, that was after Galvanized, remember, announced that they were laying off 11% of their workforce in August. And then according to TechCrunch, Holberton School has now added a few kind of huge names to their board. Uh, the Docker founder, Solomon Hikes, Upwork CEO, Stephanie Casriel, and then CloudNow CEO, Jocelyn DeGantz Graham. And um, additionally, uh, LinkedIn CEO, Jeff Weiner is now an advisor and an investor. Huge names. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's great news for all those boot camps. And then talking about um, investments, there's also been a big merger. Just 
This week, Straya Education and Capella Education have announced that they are going to merge in a $1.9 billion deal to create one of the country's largest for-profit education companies. So this is actually super interesting for us in the coding bootcamp world because in 2016, Straya acquired New York Code and Design Academy and in the same year, Capella acquired Hackbright Academy and Dev Mountain Coding Bootcamps. So this huge company now owns boot camps which cover a good chunk of the country, New York, San Francisco, DC, Philadelphia, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, and Dallas, um, which is kind of crazy, right? pretty insane. Yeah, and this combined company will be renamed Strategic Education Inc., and it will be run by Straya CEO Carl McDonnell. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these three coding boot camps are affected by the change. Yeah. One interesting thing um, that we've seen from Strayer is that New York Code and Design Academy just came out with an income sharing agreement. It's only in uh, Salt Lake City and Philly, but it seems like a really cool model. Uh, it's a little bit different from other income sharing agreements because they put a cap on the amount of that, that a student will pay. So they're not like paying more in order to participate in that ISA. Uh, pretty cool. All right, so I don't know if we really want to talk about this piece a ton because it's locked behind a $6,000 paywall, which is kind of hilarious, but a marketing agency called HTF did a global analysis of coding bootcamp growth. Uh, They forecast a compound annual growth rate of 10.96% from 2017 to 2021, so that is positive. Remember that we put out a market growth report with data from all 100 coding boot camps in the U.S. each year. It's free. We love doing it. We're really intentional about our methodology, and we always want to include every coding boot camp. Um, this market growth report was limited to just a few, and uh, it is the most comprehensive look at boot camp market size. So check it out. And speaking of market size, Coding Dojo also put out a release in MarketWired saying that they now produce more than double the graduates than any computer science program at a four-year institution in the United States. So in 2016, the University of California at San Diego had the most students in the country complete undergraduate computer science degrees with 465 graduates. But in comparison, Coding Dojo had 811 graduates in 2016. Also, a nice fun fact, GeekWire included Cody Dojo in the GeekWire 200 rankings of the hottest startups. They ranked number 100 this year. So congrats, Cody Dojo. And last month, we talked about whether the threat of complete automation means you shouldn't learn to code. Remember that Forbes contributor and Third Eye founder Rajat Bagaria took a cynical view towards this. But this month, TechCrunch contributor Ben Johnson argues the opposite. He says that people such as truck drivers who may soon lose their jobs because of AI could actually retrain as coders. He gives examples of AT&T retraining their workers who used to work on physical phone networks to work more in the software area. And Ben also looks at how boot camps and companies like Coursera and Udacity are rolling out enterprise offerings for companies. And then Ave Rio from Chief Learning Officer Media elaborates on this trend that we're definitely noticing in the industry. Um, Companies like GA, General Assembly, and Galvanize realizing that employers see value in retraining employees rather than recruiting. So a lot of boot camps are ramping up their B2B ventures. Um, Corporate training has obviously been around forever, but as the GA GM of Enterprise points out, boot camps are able to move as fast as the market moves. So they're 
they're a huge value add. Um, at Course Report, we actually just launched an enterprise part of the website to highlight boot camps that partner with companies for corporate training. And we're gonna be highlighting case studies from successful partnerships between companies and boot camps on that page. But one that the CLO Media article points out is that GA worked with L'Oreal USA to develop a digital marketing course and assessment for their employees, and that's been really successful. So in October, we saw a huge acquisition, a lot of reported you know, continued growth, a big merger, but of course we will continue to hear criticism as well. Imogen, um, what'd you hear about the state of the industry? So eLearning Inside News published a criticism of the apparent lack of support systems at some online learning portals. They mainly talked about massive online open courses, MOOCs, but touched on boot camps as well, saying that, quote, live interactive video is shockingly rare, end quote. The reporter also looks at how, quote, little is known about the needs of online learners and how it affects their education, end quote, and how there are plenty of ways that students could get support via things like live chat or email. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's remember that first boot camps are nuanced, you know, a coding boot camp like Thinkful or Block are different from MOOCs. Uh, they generally do have, you know, student success like support. And B, boot camps are growing, they're nascent, and that's kind of what makes them interesting. Um, so, Totally appreciate that criticism, but hopefully that's just pointing out something that can be um, improved on in a lot of programs. And then a managing partner at Atomic Object, which is a software development consultancy, wrote a blog post about what he sees as the fundamental problem with coding boot camps. He says that the students themselves are motivated and hardworking, but that he doesn't believe that you can learn all the foundational CS concepts to become a software engineer in 12 to 15 weeks. I think that's a totally fair opinion, but I think that companies that will win in hiring are those that are going to start investing in junior talent. We're going to talk about apprenticeship programs at Airbnb and Pinterest a bit later, uh, but I definitely think that this author would benefit from familiarizing himself with those types of programs. So this larger macro debate about the validity of boot camps will likely continue forever, as we all know. But let's talk about getting jobs after boot camp and what some companies are doing to boost diversity. Tech.co had a cool piece about the shift in entrepreneurship over the years and how it's easier for founders to find and hire tech talent thanks to coding boot camps. Imogen, what did you read in GreenBiz? So GreenBiz published an excerpt of the hashtag YesWeCode founder Van Jones's book, Beyond the Messy Truth, in which he discusses how Silicon Valley companies are embracing diversity and mentions boot camps in relation to thinking beyond college. He points out that graduation rates are not yet fast enough for growing tech and explains some pros and cons he sees in boot camps. And just for some background, Hashtag Yes We Code is a non-profit organization dedicated to helping people from underrepresented backgrounds get into tech. And they've partnered with coding boot camps like the Iron Yard to offer scholarships. And I also thought it was cool that he used a few course report stats to, um, you know, show how the market has grown over the last few years. Yeah, Yes We Code is such a cool organization. But come on, Van, how are you going to use course report research and stats and not cite us? If you're listening, please cite us in the next edition. We'd appreciate it. We bought your book, so. I also read another article in tech.co, and they look at how employers are slowly getting on board with hiring people for tech jobs who don't have degrees. In 2016, the Bureau of Labor found that 25% of employees in up to seven computer-focused job areas did not complete a four-year college degree. Now, employers are looking at coding bootcamp grads and digital skills and new hires in addition to a degree. 
Love that trend. I think we see that all the time when we talk to individual employers. But four years ago, we were talking about how this needed to change, these like hiring practices. And now we're starting to see companies actually bend towards alternative education. That's so cool. According to another piece in Fast Company, companies like Pinterest, Airbnb, and LinkedIn are giving apprentice engineers with non-traditional backgrounds an opportunity to learn and prove themselves. Um, They're starting these apprenticeship programs, and these are companies that are hiring for talent over seniority or like these exact skills or like a specific degree. Um, And that piece also profiled C4Q access code student. Um, Her name was Madeline Tavares, and she started out as an apprentice at Pinterest, and now she's a fully-fledged Android engineer at Pinterest. So huge success story. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great to hear that more and more companies are embracing the responsibility to train up these junior devs, um, and it creates a lot more opportunity for bootcamp grads too. Very cool. So it's no surprise that we continue to hear about successful coding bootcamp grads who are achieving great things. So Lauren, tell us about this amazing young Flatiron School grad. Yes, I love this story. So Edweek featured a great story of 13-year-old Emma Yang. She won a $3,500 Discover Your Passion scholarship for NYC students and used it to enroll at Flatiron School at just 13 remember that. (laughs) She wanted to design an app to help her grandmother's Alzheimer's disease. Um, And so during the course, she learned the different skills needed to do that, as well as the fact that she's also building computer vision and machine learning algorithms to diagnose cancer. And she's given her own TEDx talk. So here's what Emma said about her app. As a family member of an Alzheimer's patient, it's hard to feel in control of the situation. Coding is a place that I have complete control over what's going on. So I developed Timeless. Timeless is an app that empowers Alzheimer's patients and their loved ones to stay connected during the disease and to gain control over the illness. And in Texas, 512 Tech covered a student at the University of Texas Coding Bootcamp. This is one of those trilogy bootcamps. His name was Patrick Holtzman. He was a bartender with no programming experience. Um, He's finished University of Texas Coding Bootcamp. He doesn't have a job lined up yet, but he said he's really confident in his new skills. And then in its spotlight on career changes, the Financial Times talked to App Academy grad Anthony Rondinone, who used to be a rock musician, and now he hopes to become a junior developer. Imogen, didn't you interview another App Academy alum recently? Yes, I talked to a really interesting guy, Timur. We will be publishing the article about him probably in the next week or so. Cool. And then an Iron Yard graduate, Bernard Worthy, launched a new company, Loanable, a platform that simplifies and formalizes the process of borrowing money from friends and family members. Bernard and Loanable was also selected by the Google for Entrepreneurs Exchange Program for Black Founders. And Ruth Reeder of Fast Company tracked the success of a General Assembly student, Anthony Pegues. Um, he was a part-time janitor at a, par- at a middle school in New York. He went to GA through a program called CodeBridge, which is a Per Scholas initiative. Um, per Scholas is so cool, so I want to talk a little bit about it. They prepare students for five weeks before they send them into General Assembly's full-stack web development course, and they fund their tuition the whole time. Um, per Scholas is trying to train talent in New York City. They've said that they have had an issue finding training partners. They like just cannot keep up with the amount of talent. Uh, so they partnered with GA. Jake Schwartz, the CEO of GA, says that the Perscalis partnership allows GA to restructure how we pay for higher education. I thought this was really interesting. 
The author asked Jake what he would change about higher education, and he says that individual students should not even be paying for higher ed through cash or debt. And ideally, it shouldn't even be the government paying for higher ed. Uh, So we kind of see this trend towards employer-funded training pop up again, right? What Schwartz believes is that the best model would be one where companies are fronting the cash for students' education in exchange for a predetermined number of paid employees each year. Uh, so that's kind of another interesting twist on that like employer-funded partnership. And Anthony is now working as a junior developer at MM LaFleur, an NYC startup. And then earlier this year, we talked about a story about a cab driver in Manila, Philippines, who was awarded a coding bootcamp scholarship after he returned forgotten luggage to an Australian businessman. And so an update on this, the taxi driver, Reggie Kabutatan, is now five months into his bootcamp and he's working on an app which aims to help taxi drivers become good tour guides. He is attending Vivix Academy in Baguio City, which runs six-month intensive coding courses in partnership with Australian bootcamp Coda Factory. Go Reggie! Well, as we know, there are boot camps in over 70 U.S. cities now, and we often see the greatest impact in the smallest of those cities. So Lauren, tell us about some emerging tech hubs. Yeah, so last month we talked about the need for coding boot camps in smaller cities, and OZY carries on that trend, mentioning Columbus, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, and Wilmington, Delaware as new tech hubs, all of which have coding boot camps. And in this OZY article, they talked to Zip Code Wilmington Education Director Tariq Hook about how the school is helping people reskill, with 96% of grads finding jobs at local companies, including J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah, it sounds like Zip Code just moved into a new space, too, in Delaware, into like a co-working space called The Mill. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely expanding. So it's interesting to see. And then Engadget looks at how Grand Rapids is retraining Michiganders who used to work in manufacturing to become coders. Um, The article mentions how Facebook offered full scholarships for 25 students, which we've actually talked about before. And then staying with um, Michigan, Model D looks at the different ways the Detroit community is preparing the region for tech, including Sisters Code, which runs coding classes for women of all ages, and Grand Circus Coding Bootcamp. And a new school called Kenzie Academy in Indiana is getting some press. There are more than a thousand open coding jobs just in Indianapolis, and Kenzie Academy is being presented as a potential solution to the problem. So Kenzie has a six-month, a one-year, and even a two-year-long program. The two-year-long boot camp will have a job guarantee, and they're using this like kind of hybrid model, a mix of a consultancy and mentoring, and then also a serious work commitment. So they require eight hours hours a day, seven days a week of their students. Um, the next full-time program starts in January of 2018. And then there were a number of publications that reported on the Israeli Innovation Authority and how they released its annual report stating that the Israeli high-tech companies will face a shortage of 10,000 engineers and programmers. Some firms may be forced to relocate abroad because of this. Um, And so we saw a lot of different articles on how coding boot camps can actually be the solution to this problem. Some companies are looking to pay for upskilling by coding boot camps because they've seen this intensive training model be successful within the Israeli army. Now let's discuss some diversity in tech news for this month. We saw some fantastic initiatives going on. Liz, can you tell us about Flatiron School? 
Yeah, so Flatiron School COO Christy Riordan talked to Search CIO about cultivating a good environment for women in tech and then to Entrepreneur about preparing for a big career change. Um, Flatiron School is also expanding their scholarships for women. They're giving 50% off of the online program and $1,000 off of their in-person program. And they're also awarding $200,000 in scholarship funds to 50 women for the school's online web developer program in partnership with women's investment platform, Elvest. So cool things coming out of Flatiron School. Yes, very cool. And Liz, you're also talking to Christy about this soon, right? Yeah, she's going to come on an upcoming podcast episode, and we're going to talk about diversity and inclusion, not just at Flatiron School, but in coding boot camps in general. So Savannah Now columnist Coco Pappy tells women that learning to code is the great economic equalizer. She explains how code is used in just about everything. Um, She thinks that a career in tech will help people gain access to a better financial future. She mentions access to coding education through boot camps is key. And she also talks about the fact that, you know, Georgia Tech Coding Bootcamp's part-time 24-week boot camp is a great option for people in the Savannah area. And then NBC News looked at the lack of Latina engineers in tech and profiled Medalis Trellis, who went to coding bootcamp in San Francisco and found the job search very tough. Her advice to non-traditional engineers? Take apprenticeships as a way to break into tech jobs. The reporter also talked to a Latina engineering professor at the University of Washington about the lack of women and Latinx people in tech. And The Cube covered the Grace Hopper Conference and interviewed Megan Smith, who is the Chief Technology Officer of the United States. No big deal. Um, She's charged with everything from increasing tech and government services to CS for All programs to programs like Tech Hire. Uh, And she talked about working to build pipelines into technology jobs, and she really hypes coding boot camps as that pipeline. Let's listen to what Megan Smith says about coding boot camps. How do we rapidly get more Americans into these jobs? So it turns out that people have, of course, created these fabulous code boot camps there. You can train in three months for these jobs. Some of them are paid. Sometimes they pay you at all different kinds. Some are online. Some are offline. They're all over the country. So we're able to get more people to consider a job like that. Cool. And then there's Moringa School, a software developer accelerator based in Nairobi, Kenya. And they've launched a new women's boot camp program where there will be a 50% subsidy, and that's starting in November 2017. And they really want to help graduate over 100 women. Savannah Konofsky, which is Moringa's CTO, quotes, Supporting gender diversity and inclusion starts with bringing in more female voices into the room. And to do that, we need to train more women to have skills in traditionally male-dominated industries. And according to Quartz, I think Moringa School is opening a campus in Pakistan. So that's cool. Yeah, very cool. And then Block has set aside $1 million to put towards their Close the Gap Women's Scholarships. Women can apply online to get up to 40% off their tuition for the part-time web developer or the part-time designer tracks. Code Like a Girl launched a 3-12 to month apprenticeship program for women to learn to code on the job at Australian tech companies. They'll have one-on-one coaching sessions with Like a Girl mentors while they're at their apprenticeship. Makers Academy Bootcamp in London is launching a fellowship program for women and diverse students, which includes free tuition and a job guarantee. Very cool. And it's not just diversity scholarships. We're seeing other boot camps offering discounts to enable more people to learn to code. Liz, how is Nashville helping locals get into tech? 
The Nashville Technology Council is launching an apprentice program to give free certification education to workers and help fill the gap in the local IT workforce. The program is called Apprentech, and it's going to be a collaboration with Nashville Software School. And something else that's really cool is the fact that Adobe is partnering with General Assembly, Galvanize, and vSchool in San Francisco and Salt Lake City to provide scholarships to students and give students the opportunity to apply for a three-month internship with Adobe's technical team. And then General Assembly is providing web development training to low-income residents of Washington, D.C., This program will fund 10 to 15 students to attend General Assembly's 14-week web development immersive, plus give them each $2,000 per month living expenses. After graduation, students will pay back the tuition via an income sharing agreement. Cool. Speaking of DC, uh, did y'all see Thinkful actually ran a data analysis to figure out which city made most sense for Amazon to open its new headquarters? No, No, I missed that. Yeah, they settled on Washington, D.C. because of the quality of life, transit, diversity, and number of people with tertiary education. Well, here's a scholarship that won't apply to a ton of people, but is really cool. So Code Nation, which is based in Manchester, is offering free tuition to its intro course for any former employees of Monarch Airlines, which recently collapsed. And talking about financing boot camps, Lauren, what did you read about ROI of boot camps compared with college? Yeah, so the Huffington Post talks about the huge student loan debt crisis and suggests one way to lessen student debt and the burden of it is to get a better ROI on education. Um, This article encourages students to enroll in lower cost forms of education, such as coding boot camps, and they also suggest that more traditional providers should draw lessons from what boot camps are already getting right. In addition to the Huffington Post, the Seattle Times looks at how landing a high-paying job doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, and they suggest the benefits of low-cost or free boot camps that may be a better alternative for students to avoid getting into huge student loan debt. Great advice. And we saw a number of other articles this month, which would be super useful to read if you're trying to choose a coding bootcamp. GitHub released its list of the most widely used programming languages, with JavaScript coming up top. TechJuice looked at the top programming languages to learn if you want to always have a job. And the NextWeb put together a guide to surviving your first week at bootcamp. We also read that the Node.js Foundation is releasing a certification test, which bootcamp grads could take to validate their knowledge for employers. We will link to all of these articles on our blog. Finally, let's talk about new coding boot camps and campuses in October. I think the boot camp with the biggest name behind it was WASU from Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. Here's what we know. So WASU is an online coding boot camp. In the future, Steve Wozniak says he plans to set up campuses around the U.S., but then Arizona Central, a publication, did some digging, and WASU is already facing some criticism for launching in Arizona before they got their required licensing. They claim that they're only in Texas right now, and they're part of the Southern Careers Institute, but Brent Richardson, he's chairman of the WASU board, is also CEO of the company that runs Coder Camps, which is in the Exeter Education Network. Um, they're in Phoenix and Houston, um, around kind of like the Southwest US. It sounds like Coder Camps campuses are just rebranding as WASU campuses, but we will uh, we'll keep you updated. Yeah, thanks, Liz. It's really interesting information about those WASU campuses. 
On another note, Trilogy Education, which is the startup that partners with universities, is expanding to Canada and Mexico and hopes to expand to London and Asia as well. Trilogy boot camps will begin in early 2018 at the University of Toronto, Canada, and Tecnologico de Monterrey in Mexico. Ed Surge looked at the fact that there are other U.S. tech and education companies expanding to Mexico as well. Ed Surge covered the fact that University of Kansas is launching a data analytics boot camp in partnership with Trilogy Education. Silicon Slopes reports that V-School is opening a campus in Ghana, believed to be the first coding bootcamp in the country. The program is 12 weeks and teaches full-stack JavaScript. V-School already has a campus in Utah and runs a program for refugees to learn how to code. Ola Code, a five-month coding bootcamp that was built in partnership with Hack Reactor, is launching in Mexico. And then Open Classroom's online coding bootcamp is entering the U.S. market, and according to CampusTechnology.com, they are offering discounted premium memberships to people in the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Dreamers program, something that the Trump administration has been threatening to cancel. Open Classroom's self-paced programs take around 12 months to complete, and if you don't find a job within six months, you get a tuition refund. A new and I believe the first boot camp in West Virginia will open in November at the New River Community and Technical College. And a new coding boot camp is opening in Burlington, Vermont. Burlington Code Academy will offer 12-week immersive programs starting in June of 2018. The tuition for the inaugural session will be $4,975, which is half of the normal rate of $9,950. Covalence Coding Bootcamp is expanding to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They already have a Birmingham campus. And then Sparta Global, a Yorkshire-based company, is looking to bridge the gap between graduates leaving university and starting jobs at tech companies. It partners with clients and then selects graduates for an 8-12 to week intensive training course in specific technologies. Lauren, uh, tell us about the new schools that you added to Course Report this month. Certainly. So we have School of Code in Birmingham, England, Asia Developer Academy in Petaling Jaya, Malaysia, Kinsey Academy in Indianapolis, Indiana, Code Nation in Manchester, England, New Camp in Tacoma, Washington, and online, Blue Ocean Coding in Columbus and Cleveland, Ohio, Alchemy Code Lab in Portland, Oregon, UC Davis Extension Coding Bootcamp in Sacramento, California, Turn into Coders, Intern Italy, University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies Coding Bootcamp in Toronto, Canada, Reactor Labs in Budapest, Hungary, and then Penn Arts and Sciences Coding Bootcamp in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Course Report. All right, that was a lot of news. Um, let's finish with our favorite pieces from the blog this month. Imogen, what, did, what was your favorite piece to do in, in October? I really enjoyed working on a piece about the coding language Python with Hackbright Academy's Maggie Mankin. It was so interesting to hear about the origins of Python, what it's used for, the companies who use it, and I love that there is a poem about the central ideas of the language. (laughs) You'll have to read that piece to uh, read the poem. Lauren, what was your favorite piece? I thought it was really cool to meet Nicholas Peckham, an alum of Red Academy. He had a really scattered career journey before doing the boot camp. He was a video producer in Los Angeles. He was a photographer in Hawaii, and he was also a phlebotomist in Salt Lake City. Um, And he also worked in the oil industry in North Dakota, and now he's a product designer at Rocker Labs. So very cool story. Check that one out. 
What about you, Liz? What was your favorite this month? Well, I got to chat with Avi Flambaum, who is the Dean of Flatiron School. Um, And we talked about obstacles that you'll overcome while you're learning to code. I think this is huge for beginners um, because there's so much information to sort through. It feels like you're never going to know enough to become a legitimate developer. Uh, But if you just like can expect the challenges that you're going to face, it makes it so much easier. So he talks about, um, you know, giving up too early, learning alone, pacing, goal setting, managing those like frustrations and troubleshooting and all of that I think is really helpful for any beginner who's thinking about learning to code. So if you know the struggles you're going to face, you'll be able to overcome them. And Avi tells us all of those struggles. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. We love feedback. So please email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving us a review. We will see you next month on the Coding Boot Camp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.